It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. A week to go in the Big Ten and much to be decided, including who wins the whole darn thing and who makes the conference tournament. Kyle Charters here with new truck owner and U6 Baseball Hall of Famer, Drew Charters. Hello. We got a victory last week. Big no. Vict- oh, the other team was terrible. Oh, well, you, can't say that. you can't say that here. Horrible. What if their coach is listening? Horrible. We dominated, though. It doesn't matter who <laughs> was we... Was it poor coaching, or were the, the athletes on the other team just not up there? Uh, both, I think. They, yeah. Anyway, it didn't matter who we played last week. We were going to win. We smoked, smoked them. Smoked them. Smoked the ball. Smoked them. Did they win the, the weekend that you were in Iowa for the Purdue-Iowa series? Yes, we're on a two-game winning streak. Oh, so yeah. uh, somebody else coached them up that day, yeah. huh? Yep, on the line again uh, tonight. So, big game. Big game against... Uh, Rival Tonight. rival battleground team. Tonight's today's a Wednesday. Yeah. You play in the week? Yeah. You just played weekend games. No. Oh. Uh well maybe I'll show up tonight. What time is that tonight? Might be wet. <laughs> it's up going. <laughs> All right, uh, big baseball podcast. We'll bring in uh, Dale Stanovich, the Rutgers closer. Looking forward to that conversation. Rutgers obviously with a big weekend. Let's jump into all of this, uh, Drew, because there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. A lot to be uh, decided. Only two teams have been eliminated from playing in the Big Ten tournament here with three games to go for everyone. Just this final weekend as we get ready for for Omaha next week. Uh, And then, you know, there's the mere matter of who wins the Big Ten title, (laughs) Maryland or Rutgers. Uh, the Terrapins sweep Michigan to tie the Scarlet Knights at 16-5. and five. Of course, the Knights were out of conference against Bowling Green. I guess the big question for me is, you know, after Maryland beats Michigan by just hammering them, I mean, right. would they score like 40 runs in three well, games? Outscored them 43-23. to 23. Yeah, I mean, that was the a little bit unusual thing is that, that Maryland's pitching wasn't quite as good as what has been, but we know that Michigan offense can be pretty good. But Maryland just, I mean, if, if subpar pitching uh, is not good enough to beat Maryland. It's just not. Right. And so Maryland gets the sweep to get to 16-5 and five with Rutgers. The question, I guess, is as we look forward to this weekend is who has the edge based on A, who's the better team, but maybe more so based on B, who is the lesser or easier or better opponent for them? Maryland comes here to Purdue uh, to play three games. Uh, Rutgers is at Michigan. I mean, I think you can build, and I have a feeling we agree on this, an argument that, and we wouldn't have said this a few weeks ago, that Purdue is the more difficult opponent. And Purdue has played better recently. It has won two of its last three Weekend series against Michigan, against Northwestern, sandwiched around winning one game against Iowa. It has done all of that without its best pitcher, Jackson Smeltz, who has been sidelined with an injury, and likely he will not pitch this weekend, nor I I wouldn't think the rest of the season. Michigan, meanwhile, just two and seven in his last three weekends. Yeah, Uh, I I think Maryland is probably the better team, but it's got a more difficult opponent, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see how all this shakes out this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I would agree with you on all fronts there. Um, I, I mean, this is the second straight weekend that 
Maryland pitching hasn't been like outstanding and they're still winning games. That yeah. pitching staff is really good. And even though they're not, you know, pitching, I don't think as well as they can, that offense is just out of this world. I mean, they've got, I looked it up when, it, you know, prepping for this podcast today. They've got 111 home runs on the season as a team. That's incredible. 111. Yeah. But uh, so, so look, look, I would agree. All with the you. name guys we know for Maryland, and then Ian Petrit goes six for 12 with seven RBI, a home run, and five runs scored over the weekend. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offense to Ian, but he's not the top name right. that you look at in that lineup and you're like, okay, well, that guy too just went off. Over the weekend, so I mean, yeah. it's just it's an incredibly difficult lineup to get through if you're an opponent, which we saw against Michigan. I mean, there's no breaks there. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, as we know in baseball at any level, there's breaks. There's innings where maybe you feel like, okay, this inning is going to be a, a little bit of a relief. I think Purdue felt that at Northwestern over the weekend, right? That top half of that Northwestern order is really, really good. And then the bottom is like, okay, you feel like you can take a little bit of a breather here, but not against Maryland. I mean, those guys are good one through nine. And then probably a couple extra guys off the bench as well. Yeah, with that being said, I I agree with you. I think that Rutgers has the easier path here to win a championship, being playing Michigan. I think Michigan's checked out, right? You You have to consider that Michigan... They just has they, just checked out. The Wolverines just don't have the pitching to be able to hold up, and it just has gone sideways. And we sort of saw this coming. I mean, they had to pick up victories during that one stretch where they the had twelve game stretch. Yeah, and we we, t- we talked about it, and and they got beat by Purdue and Indiana in back to back weeks. Two teams that at that point, you know, surged forward a little bit while Michigan uh, was taking a step back. And Michigan has gone from a team that was on the fringe uh, bubble of of making the NCAA tournament to one that would really have to make up a lot of ground and probably at this point win the Big Ten tournament to get into the NCAA. So, yeah, uh, reeling a little bit. Uh, you know, checked out might be hard. It's hard to know what the mentality of, yeah. of guys are, but certainly certainly reeling after the weekend. And so I, get, I think you give the opponent edge to Rutgers. I think, I think Maryland is the better team. I think that Purdue has to win a game. We know that this weekend. Uh, to get into the field of eight for the Big Ten tournament. Of course, the two teams could tie. I mean, both could sweep. Both could win a couple of games. Both could win one um, and, and tie and, and maybe have to, to duke it out there in Omaha for the tournament. But uh, should be an interesting weekend for for both of those. All right, so there's intrigue at the top, obviously. Uh, there's intrigue at the bottom as well. Uh, Purdue has a slight edge headed into this weekend in terms of who gets that last spot to make the field of eight for the Big Ten tournament. It gets that thanks to two victories uh, against Northwestern. I was up there in Evanston for that series. What a Just what a game by Troy Wansing on Sunday. The, the freshman left-hander went five and two-thirds when he walked off the mound in the sixth inning. The Purdue fans that were up there in the Chicagoland area, I mean, as you might expect, rose to their feet. And right. what, a, what an applause he got coming off. Uh, the mound. He was just locked in and probably the best start of his career. So Purdue gets the two that it needs against Northwestern. We know all the scenarios for Purdue because we, you know, we call the game. So Purdue can get itself in. It controls its own destiny, as they say. If it wins two, it's in. Uh, nobody can catch Purdue if it wins two games. 
the you know we don't have to go through all these scenarios, uh, but. Northwestern and Nebraska are right there as well. If they just win one more, excuse me, two more games than what Purdue wins, one of those two teams will be in. Michigan State even has an opportunity. Now they need a little bit of help, including Purdue getting swept. But if Michigan State would sweep Nebraska, it could get its way in. Michigan and Indiana, not yet solidly in. I would be worried. If either one of those teams gets swept, it is conceivably in trouble. Now, they could get swept and still get in, depending a little bit on what Purdue does, what Nebraska right. does, what Northwestern does. Uh, but that's another avenue for Purdue to win one game and get into the tournament is if Michigan and Indiana and or Indiana get swept. It gets a little complicated with Purdue because Purdue and Ohio State did not play the two games. It's the only two games we are missing from this season, unfortunately. We sat around at Alexander Field all day that day, waiting for baseball to get played, and it just never got warm enough. But the problem for Purdue is that 9-13 and 13 is not as good as 10-14, and 14, right? which is why Purdue has to win a game this week against Maryland. But if you're Michigan, you play Rutgers at home. If you're Indiana, you play at Iowa. It's not out of the realm of possibility that one of those two teams does get swept. I think the storyline here is that not only are there only two teams in the Big Ten eliminated from this thing, but there are all these teams bunched up. And we talked about comfort level last week on the show. Is Who feels comfortable right now? No one. A lot of times if you have all these teams bunched up, at least like the teams in like the sixth and seventh spot, at least have like, they can go into this last week and saying, okay, we need to win a game to get in and we play yeah you know, a mediocre middle-of-the-road Big Ten team or something. You look at this, and if you're Michigan right now, you're like, oh, no, we need to win. Yeah. If you're Indiana, oh, no, we need to win. If you're Purdue, <laughs> if you're Purdue, there are way too many scenarios that include you not involved in the tournament right now. You need to win. Right, even though if, you've, if you've you're, had the edge, you've been in eighth place now for, like, the entire year. Yeah, they have the edge, but there's so many scenarios. <laughs> and they have to play Maryland. And they have to play Maryland. Which just comes off sweeping Michigan and scoring a billion runs and looking like a team that's really good. I just feel like in these situations, normally, there (laughs) would be like one or two teams that are like, okay, we're not officially in in right now, but, you know, there's a high likelihood we're going to be in. I I, I I don't know who's going to make it and who's not. Right, right. If, you were to, if we were to handicap it right now, and I know some places have, and I haven't looked at it that closely, but if you were going to say right now, who gets the eighth spot? Who would you put there, and with what confidence level would you say it? Well, I don't know how to answer that, because <laughs> I think that Michigan or Indiana will get swept. Yeah. So, will Purdue get the seventh spot? And then who will get the eighth spot? I, yeah. It's hard to answer that question because I, I I would want to say Purdue will get the eighth spot, but I think Purdue might get the seventh spot. Yeah, and so I don't know who will get the eighth spot. Whether it be you know I don't know. It's too I know, hard. I know to this. Even. I know this. Purdue will breathe a huge sigh of relief if it wins on Thursday night. Because if it wins on Thursday right. night, it can feel a lot more comfortable about where it stands. If it loses the first two games of the series and has to win on Saturday. And it will know, then, I would imagine at that point, what it has to do if it has to win that game. Man, that will be uh, yeah. 
You'd like to get it over with. So there's a scenario here that I think would be fun. That if Michigan or Indiana gets swept, they're 10 and 14. If Nebraska and Northwestern win two of three, which both of them, easy, I mean, I, if I were to guess, I would say, you no, know, yes, they'll, they'll win. win two of three. Yeah. At Minnesota and, and versus Michigan State. So all three of those teams will be tied at 10 and 14. Right. All four, all four of those teams would be. You included Indiana in there. No, I said or. I said okay. Michigan or Indiana. Michigan or Indiana. Yeah, yeah if, if all but, of that happened. Yeah, and then Purdue, again, if it wins one game, it would bounce ahead of all four of those teams because right. Purdue would finish 10 and 12, right. which you know clearly is, is above 10 and 14. Uh, Penn State is there, too. You know, Penn State, I, I think, is probably safe at 11 wins. Um, it would be, right? Is Penn State safe at 11 wins? No. I mean, it could. Penn State could still fall, fall out. I mean, Purdue would probably have to make a... Yeah, I a think good it's a, surge, yeah. but Penn State is probably the team. The four teams that we know are in: Maryland, Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois. The two teams that are out: Ohio State, which is out of conference; USC, Upstate this weekend, and then of course Minnesota, uh, which can't make the field. Michigan State, even though it sits in twelfth place, <laughs> still has a chance. It's an outside chance, but still has a chance uh, to get into the field of eight. All right, uh, let's give away Big Bat, Big Arm before we get to the interview with Dale Stanovich, the Rutgers closer. Um, let's see, why don't we start off with Big Arm? What do you got? Well, I've got our normal, um, normal, our normal guys and normal candidates in here. Adam Mazur, again, a 5 nothing victory over Michigan State. Seven innings pitched, four hits, no runs, a couple of walks. He struck out seven. Uh, Cole Kershipper for Illinois got an eight to three victory over Nebraska. Seven innings for Kershipper, four hits, a run, one walk, nine strikeouts. Uh, Ty Bothwell for Indiana. Uh, so so Bothwell came in. That game got suspended after two innings. Yeah. Due to weather on Saturday night. Yep. Came back Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, and Bothwell got the start quote start. In that game, seven innings left to play. He pitched them all. Seven innings, no hits, wow. no runs, three walks, and eight strikeouts uh, for Bothwell in the 12 to nothing victory for the Hoosiers. All right, Juan Singh, we mentioned him. Uh, I, I guess just like um, production versus expectation. I mean, he was just great. Just a great performance. Jason Savakul, we mentioned every week, six innings, give up a run, seven strikeouts. Didn't get a decision in a win against Michigan. Nathan Florence for Rutgers and a victory against Bowling Green. Went five innings, ten strikeouts. Mike Farinelli uh, got that victory for Northwestern, which was key for the Wildcats to hang in there. After game one, man, it looked like Purdue might sweep them. The Wildcats just did not look good in that first game. But he came back and was great. Complete game, the third complete game for him of the season. Nine innings, gave up a run on six hits with seven uh, strikeouts. Couple of walks as he gets uh, the victory. Uh, so it's between him and Bothwell, right? What do you, what do we think? Yeah, I think I think you go with Farinelli. Farinelli. Yes, nine complete innings. Game. Yeah, complete game. I mean, he was you know Northwestern had to win that game, and uh, he came through in a big way for them. All right, big bat. Uh, I've got t- way too many nominees. I will try to fly through them. You go ahead and go first, though. What do you got? I'll start with Iowa with Keaton Anthony in Game 3. He hit a grand slam for the Hawkeyes, had four RBIs on the day. Peyton Williams hit two home runs on the weekend, scored six runs 
and also had four RBI. For Illinois, Justin Janis, seven hits on the weekend, a couple of runs, just one RBI, but it was a big one, a walk-off single in Game 3. He also had two doubles included in those seven hits, did Janis. Uh, and then Josh Pine for Indiana, uh, five for 13 on the weekend, a couple of runs scored, six RBIs for Pine, and three doubles for the Hoosiers. All right, I got way too many nominees, so I'm just going to zip through a bunch of these guys. For Rutgers, Nick Zamillo had a couple of home runs, four runs driven in, six runs scored. Andy DiGiorgio had a good weekend as well, seven runs driven in. For Penn State, Billy Gerlot, uh seven runs driven in, a couple of homers, three doubles with six hits. Uh, Northwestern in that series had a couple of guys. Anthony Clerco in particular had a good game on Saturday, hit a couple of Opposite field home runs, three home runs on the week, nine runs driven in. He scored eight runs. Tommy DeLise, who used to be a pitcher, had a good uh, week as well. Three homers, eight runs driven in. Zach DeZinzo for Ohio State, eight for 15, six runs, nine runs driven in. A double, a triple, and four home runs. Matt Fry for Michigan, 7-11. That's convenient uh, with eight runs driven in, seven runs scored, a homer, and a double. Uh, and then Maryland, uh, we got a winner in Maryland. Nick LaRusso uh, was not, but he had a good weekend as well. Three hits, all three of them home runs. He drove in six, and he had six runs. But Matt Shaw, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was seven of 13, seven runs, six homers, and 12 runs driven in. So he had seven hits, six of them were home runs. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So Matt Shaw is the big bat for this week. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back here in just a moment. We'll talk to Dale Stanovich, the Rutgers closer, get his thoughts on the big series this weekend against Michigan, what the Scarlet Knights need to do to get it done to win themselves a Big Ten title. That conversation coming up next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Big Baseball Podcast. Excited to bring in Dale Stanovich, the Rutgers closer. Ten saves on the season for the Scarlet Knights, a guy that has just had an outstanding year, and his team has as well. Big series coming up this weekend, certainly, at Michigan. Hey, Dale, do appreciate the time. I know you guys have a busy week. In fact, had a a midweek game on Tuesday after the big series over the weekend out of conference, of course you know, in anticipation of getting back into the Big Ten this weekend. So thank you for taking a little bit of time. Man, it's been a great season for you guys. Yeah, no no doubt about it, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, just what has gone so well. I mean, you guys got off to such a great start at the beginning of the season, played sort of all over the place, uh, got a lot of victories. I think sort of got rolling early, and, you know, really you guys have been able to keep that up for much of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just a reflection of all the hard work we put in during the fall and towards the end of the summer, and we're just getting along and we're having a good time. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the weekend series against Michigan. Obviously, there's a lot you guys are uh, playing for this weekend against the Wolverines. What are you guys trying to focus on going up there to Ann Arbor? Just playing our game, sticking to our to what we do best, uh, the approach for the hitters, and just a. Uh, you know, the assignments that the coach has to the pitchers, each of us doing our individual roles. And we already went out to Ann Arbor last year. We took care of business, so I don't see why we're not going to go do it again this weekend. Yeah. 
Is that really the key, not to focus on too much that's going on outside? I know I mentioned earlier that I'll, of course, be at the, the Purdue-Maryland series. You probably don't want to pay too much attention, though you probably will know the results uh, because you guys have your own thing to be able to focus on. And if you take care of business uh, against Michigan, you can do no worse than a tie for the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, we're just going to play our game. And uh, we're just going to, you know, focus on Thursday's game. And once that game's over, we'll focus on Friday. And then we'll focus on Saturday and could just control what we can. Yeah. So you guys last season got off to such a great start. Um, you know, really we're in the in the mix in the Big Ten and then faded a little bit late in the year. And, you know, Drew and I on the podcast here talked a little bit about how maybe you guys were just one year ahead a little bit and just couldn't sustain uh, down the stretch. How much of a motivation was – was last year and how things ended for you guys into the off season, and then you know provided you guys with with a lot of juice this year. I think it motivated us to work a lot harder because we saw we what we were capable of doing. Uh, we got a lot of good players that came in this year, and the guys that had a big impact last year they um, used that time to develop and work on the things that they weren't too strong at. Mm-hmm. And we're just uh, we're keeping it rolling. Like I said before, this is just showing all the hard work that we put in in the fall and what the coach has been asking of us, and we're just taking care of business. When you saw those new pieces come in, you know, guys like you know Nick Samillo and, and some others during the offseason, did you think that, man, we, we really have, um, have added to our roster here, filled in a couple of the gaps, and, and we really might have something now uh, this season? Yeah, no doubt about it. We were fired up once we got all these new guys. And, um, yeah, that's just... We're just playing our game. We got a lot of good players, got good coaches, support staff, and we yeah, we definitely have a good team. So yeah. I'm excited for the future. You've said you know playing your game. What do you think um, you know that entails? Obviously, you guys are very well rounded. It feels like you've got a, a good starting staff. Um, you've got a good bullpen led by you. Uh, a lineup that's pretty solid, one through nine. Just what do you feel like it is that you guys? you know, do well on a daily basis that allows you to have now won 40 games after the midweek victory? Just being on the aggressive side, on the bases, and we just play really good defense. I, I think our defense stands out the most to us. Yeah. I know we have a really good lineup because one through nine can hit, but our defense is phenomenal, and uh, they really have the pitchers back, and we just play overall a solid game. Yeah. Is that something that Steve Owens has brought to the team? I know that you've only been there a couple of years, so so you maybe don't know – you know, what was before, but it seems like he is a guy who uh, is a little bit no-nonsense, going to get after it, going to play aggressive, and going to bring that kind of attitude to the team. Have you sensed that also? Oh, for sure. Just every day in practice, he comes with a great attitude. He pushes us really hard. And uh, Mike Garza, a new assistant coach that we just got this year, has had a huge impact on the fielders. He works tirelessly with those guys, yeah. pushing them and, you know, to just be as best as they can. Right. You guys had an impressive non-conference schedule. Um, you went sort of everywhere. Uh, there was, there seemed like there was no place you guys weren't willing to go. I mean, uh, you went south. You went out to Hawaii. Uh, well, you stopped in Omaha, I think, on the way home from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that you know travel schedule like, and how much did that prepare you, you think, um, for the Big Ten and for some of the success that you've had? Because not only... You know, not only were you were you hitting the road, you were playing teams like true road games. I mean, a lot of teams, you know, will go south and play neutral site games or play other games against northern teams 
just in warmer weather. But I thought that your tactic and Steve Owen's tactic of, of playing true road games um, probably served a couple of different ways to, to prepare you guys for the season A, but also maybe boost up the RPI a little bit. How much do you think uh, doing that has helped you guys now? It definitely helped a lot. Those, uh, those road weekends were definitely tough. I mean, I think we were, we were on the road for about four or five weeks in a row. Yeah. But that's kind of how you have to do it uh, up in the Northeast. It gets a little bit too cold here. So it definitely prepared us a lot because when we got home and we were home for a couple of weeks, we were able to use our facilities and get the most out of all that stuff. And it's not easy to play on the road. And if you can win on the road consistently, that just proves how good of a team you are. Yeah. I'll tell you, the weather's not much better in the Midwest. It was pretty miserable here uh, at times this season. It was a pretty pretty rough spring. Luckily, we've had good weather uh, here the last couple of weekends. Hopefully, that'll continue. Hopefully, it'll be nice up there in Ann Arbor. I think it should be. Um, the Big Ten Tournament returns this year. You guys will obviously be playing in that in Omaha again. How much how much better is it you know, this season to sort of have that out there in that event, which I think has been a great, great event over the years, it's sort of cool now that it's in Omaha as well. Does it does it provide a little bit of a different feel here down these last several weeks of the season that was sort of missing a year ago? For sure. The team's definitely excited because a lot of us haven't been in a situation like this before, and it's just really exciting. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the Big Ten tournament, it's nice knowing that we're going to get in there and we control our own destiny. And uh, we actually like playing in Nebraska. We found that we actually played pretty good out there. So we're excited to go back. Yeah. And last year you guys would have made it, I think. Um, I didn't look at the standings, but I assume so. But, you know, to not have that and, and you know, sort of have that ability to, to build toward the NCAA tournament. And for the position that you guys are in this year, I mean, an opportunity to get on a little bit of a run and maybe put yourself in position to host games, too, in the NCAA tournament, to host a regional. I mean, that has to be, you know, while the – um, the primary goal is to try to get yourself a regular season championship. I would imagine that, you know, as you're doing that, you've got an eye on maybe being able to play at home in the first weekend, and that might give yourself an opportunity to get you know a step closer to the College World Series. Yeah, for sure. We've definitely been checking in on that kind of stuff, but yeah. we're kind of just focused on this weekend. But it is, it is exciting because last year the season ended and it was just kind of like it was over, you know. There was really yeah. nothing after it. Besides, there was the regional, but we weren't in a situation like we are this year. Right. It's just crazy. A couple of years ago, um, and then from now, how we're in this position, it just shows all the hard work. Yeah, no doubt. Talking to Dale Stanovich, the closer for Rutgers. Uh, what do you like about closing? I mean, this is not the only place that you have done that. Just reading your bio, it seems like that has been at least you know at the at the JC that you were at previously. You closed there. You know, closed last season. Been great at it. Um, seems like. In a lot of places, what what do you like so much about that role? Uh, just the reward of getting a save. There's no feeling like that. Yeah. Because uh, it's the ultimate team stat. When I get a save, the team does good, and when the team does good, I could potentially get a save, and that's why I really enjoy it. Uh, the coaches believe in me when I go out there. My teammates believe in me, and it's just a, it's a role that I adapted into over the years, and. It's one of those things you just you gotta have a lot of you gotta put a lot of time and effort into it, and uh, I'm excited every time I get a chance to go out there. Is there something about your makeup that you feel like suits you well for that? I mean, you know, something about your character, just the way you approach it. Do you feel like anything like that? 
Uh, I would say the most important thing is the mindset because closing, it is it is difficult to be in that situation. Um, I mean, I feel like every pitch is just intensified. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's definitely more of a mindset thing because, you know, the game's at 5 o'clock. If I'm going to get in the game, it's not, it's probably closer to 7.45. So there's a lot of time for me to really – I had to lock in and stay focused the whole game because um, you never know how the how things could change and I might have to go in. Right. Your bullpen has been pretty good there at Rutgers. Have you guys sort of taken some pride in what you've been able to do this year as a group? Yeah, for sure. Each each individual has their own role, and when they get cold on, they just give everything they have, and uh, we all just rely on one another, and we all we just get along really well. The pitchers definitely get along, yeah, and that's really important. Right. So in that bio, I was reading that it sounded like you were a pretty good um, high school football player too. Could I mean, uh, sort of multi-sport athlete? Uh, could football have taken you anywhere? Could you have played a little bit beyond high school, or was it clearly uh, baseball that was going to take you to the next level? No, I was actually going to go to Sacred Heart and play. Oh, really? Uh, I went on a visit. I sat down with the coaches, everything like that, and then when it came time to make a decision, I just told them I couldn't do it, and <laughs> I decided to go the baseball route. Yeah. What was it about baseball that ultimately won out for you? Uh, I just fell in love with the game at a really young age, and yeah. I just thought at that time, when I had to make my decision, I thought baseball, I would have the best chance of making a career out of it. Yeah. You've made a couple of stops. Obviously, you started out at Marshall. You went to the JC. You, you end up um, at Rutgers. Not all that uncommon these days with the uh, with the transfer portal and, and open transfers and all of that. But uh, has it been a good journey for you? Do you feel like um, you know, you've made some good stops and now found a place at Rutgers where um, you know, your skills are certainly put to use, but also in an environment that uh, is going to give yourself and, and your team a chance to, to move on into the NCAA regional. Yeah, my journey was definitely worth it. Uh, I was able to see a lot of different places, meet a lot of different new people. Yeah. And uh, I'm just really happy with my choice of coming to Rutgers because uh, things are really working out. And this program is definitely headed in the right direction. I'm happy that I've, I've been able to be a part of that. Right, and it's uh, just exciting to see what the future holds. Yeah. So, what does the future hold? Are you are you back for another year? I know it's so difficult trying to figure out whether guys are juniors or seniors with the COVID year and and, and all of that craziness. Yeah. But uh, what are your immediate plans? Um, I have a year of eligibility left, but I just graduated with my undergrad. Okay. Last week, so I think I'm going to be all done with school after this season. Yeah. All right, so I, I'm sure you've been asked about this a, a billion times, maybe more than that. But you are one of, well, you are one of ten children in your family. Is that uh, you have nine siblings? Where do you fall in the list of ten? I am the third oldest. Okay, went, uh, three boys and then five girls and then two boys. All right, how was that growing up in a in a household of a dozen? Uh, it was definitely crazy. <laughs> That's one way I could describe it. It was definitely crazy, but it was worth it, and I want to change it for the world. Yeah. I just seemed, uh, you know, if my brother's not there, I go pick on my sisters. If they're not there, I go. <laughs> There's just always something to do, you know, so I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I mean, you had an entire baseball team, so you could even DH. Yeah, we, you could even DH <laughs> for somebody if you wanted to, so uh, it's not, not bad, right? I mean, but did you, were you guys, I mean, it sounds like you were a pretty athletic family. Your parents athletic, too. Um you know, sports were probably big, I would imagine, with the entire family. Uh, was all that pretty key, do you, you think, to your 
development over the years? No doubt about it. If, if there was nothing to do, we would just go outside and run around. Yeah. We would always find something to do. I was never, there was always someone around, something to do. And yeah, sports are definitely huge in my family. Yeah. Just started from when we were all young and kind of just got passed down along. Right, right. How many family members make it to games? I would imagine that that's, well, some of them are, are significantly younger, right? I mean, you if you're third out of ten, some we're talking about the youngest is... is uh, six years old. Six? Wow. Yeah. And the oldest is 20... He's about 27. 27. All right. Well, that's quite uh, quite a difference in, in, in ages, so that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. they try to make as many games as possible. Yeah. Um, definitely when I was younger, it was a little bit tougher. Right. When I was, you know, junior, sophomore in high school, and I would play travel ball. Those games are tough for them to make, but they've uh, made a lot of games, and I'm grateful for them. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, man, I appreciate your time tonight, and also... Uh, Good luck uh, this weekend at Michigan. That's a that's a good Wolverine offense. Uh, should be a great series. Uh, best of luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully, if if Purdue uh, a Purdue could help you out uh, a little bit uh, this weekend, and if Purdue does, uh, maybe I'll see you over there in Omaha as well for uh, for the big tournament. Dale, appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. That's uh, Rutgers closer Dale Stanovich joining us on the podcast. We'll be back with more The Weekend Rotation coming up next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Uh, thanks again for Dale Stanovich for coming on the podcast with us. Drew, one of ten children. That's a lot. How many, uh, how many siblings do you have? Um, <laughs> how many of them are annoying just a couple and just a couple <laughs> there you go yeah two is too many like i've just from personal experience two siblings way too many siblings i don't know how you deal with nine of them It'd be terrible i've been trying to get rid of one for years i know you can decide whether that's you or the <laughs> other one <laughs> all right uh let's jump in here to the weekend rotation the three things that we are Looking at as we head to the weekend, which starts a day earlier. Of course, all these series starting on Thursday give everyone an extra day to prep for the Big Ten tournament. Let's start with topic number one. Is the Big Ten, Drew, only a two-team league for the NCAA tournament? Man, a lot of the projections you look at right now have just Maryland, which might be a host school, and Rutgers, which might need to win the Big Ten tournament title to host, and, and maybe even then they're not where they need to be. But is that it? Looking at two, that would be pretty disappointing for a league. I think that probably at minimum here over the last what five six years has had what three, four, as many as five teams yeah. in. Um, you know, a lot of people were a lot of people were concerned about the Big Ten last year when it did what it did with the conference only. I mean, I, I, you just have to wonder whether that is having an effect now with the Big Ten rather than last year, whether, I don't know. I don't know if there's any linkage there or not. Yeah. But the other two teams, really the only two that would even be uh, borderline on the bubble are Iowa and Illinois. I mean, I think if I, if I was in charge of things right now, I would have Iowa in. I, I think Iowa's really good. That, yeah. I mean, that, that pitching staff. Is... Iowa could win a regional. I mean, to me, your, your qualifications, I, I know you have to look at the resume, but Iowa has the pitching that it could win a regional. Yeah, I think you know whether you want to 
whether you want to call it the eye test or whatever people call it, or yeah. call it the can you re- win a regional test, I yeah. mean, those are the same thing. Iowa can win a regional. Yes. Absolutely. Illinois can win a regional. I think that one of these two teams, Illinois or Iowa, will end up in the tournament. Because I think one of them will play well here down the will play better than the other down the stretch here and make a one run. of them will make so, a run in the Big Ten tournament or a, a good enough to yeah. get one of those last or or somebody else in the country will get upset and open up one of those right. hopefully open up one of those bubble teams at large bids to get in. I agree uh, with you I that just, if you were if you're going to list them though, I think we agree Iowa ahead of Illinois right now as we sit here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Looking at RPIs in the Big Ten, I looked them up before we started this. Maryland's at 9, uh, Rutgers at 44, Iowa at 67, and Illinois at 79. Yeah, 79. 79's low. Mm. Yeah, that's... How much will that improve through the Big Ten tournament? You yeah. know, will Illinois get a chance to play and beat Probably needs to get in the Maryland mid-60s somewhere. And... Uh... Yeah, beating those two teams. If it beat both of them on its way to a championship yeah. game, or maybe, you know, obviously they're wins. Um, you know, Illinois got the kind of offense that could make a run in the Big Ten tournament. And offense often matters in, in tournament play, as we know, because the pitching just runs out. Um, so maybe Illinois can make a little bit of a run and give itself a little bit of a boost. Uh, topic number two, how much better is this season? I mean, look. Last year stunk for a lot of reasons, including that we had to call games from my house. But it is so much nicer to have the Big Ten tournament. I don't know why the Big Ten decided to do that last year, just nuke the tournament like that. I mean, did the, really that last weekend Ma- matter yeah. that much? Yeah, I mean, Being what? able to play the regular season games instead of being able to play the tournament. It adds so much more intrigue down the stretch here. Look, there are 11 of the 13 teams in the league that have something to play for yeah, this there weekend. Yeah, there is a billion storylines right now. A yeah. bill- like, literally, what did we talk about th- at this show last year? What I don't even know. About? Like, what are we doing? Like, oh, these, these teams are going to win last weekend. It, it, it just had to be the teams that were going to make it, the teams that were well, boring, I, I guess. I mean, so much better. It's, I mean, it just adds so much more intrigue. They're literally, I mean, who, who are we not talking about? We're not, I guess, Penn State, which is the one team that, like, is the surprise team in the Big Ten. Right. It's the one team we're not pl- talking about because it's the one team that, like, is just there and probably in. <laughs> one of a couple teams that deserves to be talked about, we're not talking about. Yeah, because they've done a lot. I mean, it's been pretty, yeah. pretty good effort there. Um, yeah, so it just is a lot better. I'm glad it's back. Uh, what are we watching this weekend? Uh, everything. Everything. There's not. I'm not watching USC Upstate at Ohio State. I'm happy that we will be at all three Maryland Purdue games. Yeah, I mean that. Th- uh, those will be intriguing games as we keep scoreboard watching. Um, you know, that's one of the. I mean, it's probably the biggest, right? You've got everything. You've got the top end. You've got the eighth spot. Yeah. You're, you're, you've got all your bases covered there. Mm-hmm. Bingo. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, some, yeah. I mean, look, Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan State, Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota. Even Minnesota is relevant right now. Yeah. They can upset things here as they did a couple of weeks ago, as they did really Minnesota was very, very close to beating Indiana twice, which, from our perspective, as covering Purdue closely, 
would have made a world of difference there for Purdue because right. it potentially would have opened another avenue for Purdue to get in. Right. Uh, but, you know, Indiana came back. They were down 6-2 to two on Friday night, came back, scored eight runs. The other one that was crazy over the weekend from a Purdue perspective was the the marathon Nebraska-Illinois game on Sunday right. that took nine hours to complete because of weather or whatever. Purdue really needed Illinois to win that game. Like, really, really needed Illinois to win that game. And it came back before the weather delay, the last weather delay, and then won like at 10.30 at night or whenever they resumed that game, Eastern time. On an air. Was it an air? Yeah. Yeah. On an air. I mean, Purdue really, really needed Illinois to win that yeah. game. Or or Nebraska really would have been then in the driver's seat right. for that last spot. So, I mean, you you know, this even this last weekend, you, you were watching a little bit of everything and certainly will be again uh, this week. All right. Uh, so just a programming note, we will come back again next week as a, a preview for the Big Ten tournament. And then, and then presumably the show after that, right? Uh, for the NCAA, and then as we did a few years ago when Michigan made its run, we'll just continue through until everyone is uh, eliminated from play. All right, uh, should be a great weekend, uh, to say the least. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, and for Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017, The Hammer. You're out!